0: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. And our theme this year is Thriving Again in 2010, and it has been an enormous, energy shift for people and so we are so thrilled about all of you that are listening to the show and all of you that are telling others about the show i want to give a shout out for our friends in new zealand the latest group of people to be joining um the show listener group and team as we like to call it so i want to thank all of you out there in new zealand for you know punching us in downloading us from itunes and having a blast we're going to have a great show today You know, this is really, for me, I get to do a lot of radio. I get to talk to a lot of people, and I love every minute of it, every minute of it. And so one of the things I love is that every once in a while, I get something extraordinary that comes across my desk, someone that has a message that many people would look at and say, wow, I'm not sure I can get on the same page as you, but I will tell you. I love what my guest, Jim White, has done. I'm on the same page as he is. I can't wait for him to continue his work because his message is the world is a safe place. That's exactly right. So this time in history, this time with so much uncertainty, so you know, honestly, there's so many different levels of emotion that are happening these days. Uh, You know, for some people, they're excited about some of the changes. For other people, they just don't know what to do. But the bottom line to all of this is we get to have a conversation with Jim, and we get to talk about how the world is a safe place, what that means, and why this is a very powerful message for him. You know, this author, entrepreneur, and for many people, we get to tap into the path. Well, the path to his purpose in life has been filled with more accomplishments and life-changing circumstances than most people realize in one lifetime. Today he's joining us from a very small town in Iowa where he was born. He's joining us today as someone that's got a very powerful message but the bottom line is the world is a safe place and you're going to hear about the trilogy and more importantly you're going to hear about what the momentum is around this message Jim thank you for joining us welcome to the show
2: Dr. Pat thank you so much that's a wonderful introduction I'm thrilled to be here and to be able to talk to you and have a dialogue and all the listeners out there as well I'm just super super excited
1: We're excited to have you on the show, and one of the things that I want to just come right out and say is that there is a question that I ask everyone that I've ever interviewed. The question is real simple, but it's, for me, very important. I've just given people a really short description of you and the message, but here's the question, given all that you've done, all that you've accomplished, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the obstacles you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment?
2: Well, that's, that's a great question. And uh, just off the cuff, just throwing it out there, you know, I've had to overcome myself. And let me explain and expand on that a little bit. I think that when we're all born, uh, we're just an open slate. We're just the open universe. And immediately, even before we start to move around and kick and scream a little bit, we're imposed with all kinds of ideas and thoughts that other people have already brought into the world. I'll give you an example. Uh, blue is for boys and pink is for girls and that starts so early you're not even conscious yet but you're put in a little cradle with either one of those colors and i've always been curious about that who came up with that color scheme uh, and how did that happen so kind of jumping forward right now into the present moment is i have a thing called a mind and i have a thing called a body and i have a thing called a soul and uh those things conflict sometimes where my heart takes me and where my mind takes me is sometimes uh... Two, maybe three, maybe four hundred different places. So, what I've learned to do in sitting here at forty-eight years of age is, when a thought comes in or an idea, I question it immediately and find out where that came from. Is it something that I want to bring into my life? Is it something I don't want to have into my life? And uh, I think we all go through that conflict of being so many uh, operating on so many different levels within inside of ourselves. And I think that's where so many conflicts come from.
1: You know, it's really interesting. I was I was uh, doing a show the other day, Jim, and I and I kind of freshened up on my neuroscience for a little bit. And, you know, neuroscientists claim that there's this magic quarter second, you know, where we get to decide and choose how we respond to things, how we think about things. And it's really interesting to to know that we have an opportunity to actually see the world in a different way. And so your challenges, some of the things you're talking about, Really come from a place of empowerment, if I might say. What do you think it, it, it is our greatest challenge as a society for people in general to move to a different level of optimism and empowerment?
2: I think people, you know, just by general nature are skeptical and I think that's a good thing and I think people want to be convinced and I think people want to have examples. And some of the things when you start talking about metaphysics or you start talking about consciousness and things like that, those things aren't concrete and they're very, very hard and uh, people get get into a situation where they want to be able to see it, to believe it and there's sort of a concept, you have to believe it to see it. And uh, I've done a lot of studies in quantum theory and astrophysics, I'm a science freak actually, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember the first time I actually looked through a telescope, a big one, it's called Mount Wilson here uh, in Los Angeles and it is remarkable. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to do that from a full-size telescope, but when you just see the vastness of the universe and just the spaciousness of that, it's, it's life-changing. It changes that. So the thing is, if people will take an opportunity to have an opportunity to expand their mind, it's there. And I think it's coming. I'm, I'm very, very optimistic. You'll hear my energy and you'll hear my power inside of it, inside myself. Because when I see things and when I see people, I consciously look for the good in everything. And there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be Pollyanna here and say the world's not got some challenges happening right now. But I also believe that you have to look through all that and get to the solution. Um, I'm sort of blessed. I sort of see the end of the story, and that's where the World to say Place title came in. Uh, I sort of see it already done. And I'm also a pragmatic person because I'm involved with human resources my whole entire life and my corporate job. And so I always sit down in a situation when I'm interviewing somebody or it's a situation for performance. I always look for the good in everything that's there. And guess what you always see when you look for that?
1: You actually find the good.
2: You find the good because it's yes. there in every situation. Even the darkest thing that could ever happen in disease or war, there's always something that at the very end of it, uh, there's something good in it in some way.
1: You know, I love what we're talking about here because you and I are kind of similar in that way. I don't really understand how we got to be that way, but we'll, we can talk about that. You know, and also from, from my own human resources background, what I, what I love about your message is that, you know, there are... Opportunities every day and every minute of every day to create a different energy, a different shift, but then the question then comes up well if we if we believe that, then why do people like us not do that all the time? and I think that's a big question. What do you think about the way we are absorbing media, for example, radio, television, advertisement, so to speak?
2: well well, a couple of things one. The opportunity to do it every day is simple and it's not as complex as people think. It can be a smile. It can be holding the door for somebody. It can be saying, yes, please, thank you and using just the, you know, the gratitude and appreciation that you have with somebody. So I think people sometimes who haven't come up in that environment or been focused on that before think it's complicated to be happy and to have a happy world. So that's, that's sort of one piece. The other piece of it too is, I think you need adversity and I think you need challenges and I think you need hot to have cold and I think you need to have dark to have light and if, you know, you jump forward to with me in the future and everything's perfect, what else would we have to do? And how would we know it? And so I think that piece of being able to have the dipolar opposites of things in the world is a good thing. I think you can shift those so the bad's not so bad and the good's even better. And you can kind of move up a continuum of getting to a higher place. Maslow would have called it self-actualization, if you're familiar with, that, with the pyramid from basic needs to the higher self-needs. And I believe, truly, with my whole soul and heart, we're all moving that way. I don't think that there's actually a choice for us as a species to move any other way. And I think there's enough people like yourself and like me and I can go through the list, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, all the people who have come before us and the people to come yet that are pulling our consciousness through in a place that's going to be a roller coaster ride that we're all going to adore.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I want to say to our our listeners just tuning in, what a great, great book. Uh, Jim White's joining us here today, The World is a Safe Place. You know, it's one of a trilogy, and we'll talk about that. One of the things that you say, um, you ask the question, how many miracles must you see before you believe you create all there is? That is such a great question. And you know it, I guess it reminds me of the miracles we see every day but don't recognize them as miracles and you refer to miracles quite a bit in the book you know this seems to be very important to, to you Jim could you could you tell us a little bit about this
2: yeah I'd love to do that it, it's funny I am a little kid I look at things <laughs> and sometimes I'll see a leaf wave in the wind and I get mesmerized and my friends and family have to pull me away and they're like, "What are you doing <laughs> and just just the beauty of nature and how things grow and how things expand and how things change and I just get lost in all that and I think we as a species get lost in other things we dwell on things that uh, the media for instance uh, I in the morning anymore I don't watch the news at all anymore I'll put it on for just a little bit to see where the traffic and things like that but I listen to new soft-age music because I notice there's a tendency at this period in time And remember, I believe things are moving. At this period in time, where all we're seeing is negativity, and if you watch that all day long, of course, you're going to walk out of that being negative. And uh, again, going back to my example of hot and cold, I think we're being overdosed right now on a lot of negativity. And at some point, people are going to go, I can't even do this anymore. I can't take one more piece of it. So what is the alternative? What other choices are there that I have than to do that? And that's to look at the world in another way. And that's what we were just talking about. And when you look for miracles, just like for when you look for the good in people, they're everywhere. And I'm not talking about a miracle where Mary comes down and the gateway to heaven opens up. I'm talking about the miracle of you and I right now on the technology that we're speaking, the fact that you're however many miles away, and I heard you have listeners in New Zealand who are really far away. I had a friend recently uh, who was in Antarctica, and we were texting. And I looked around everybody in the room, and I said, I am texting Antarctica right now. Is anybody amazed by that? Exactly. Of course, course they thought it was a kook, and they walked away. But I was just really just in... (laughs) impressed that what we're doing with technology uh, we have satellites circling the earth right now we have two space probes called the voyager project out past the known part of the uh, solar system that we are in there's all of these things happening and as we start to focus on those things more of those things will occur
1: well this is really part of what each of us gets to create i like to call it consciousness momentum it's really moving to that place, Jim, that you referred to, and we'll talk about this more as we talk about your book. You know, where folks get to be so authentic and true, uh, that they're not inhibited to help somebody across the street, as you talk about in your book. You know, they don't question random acts of kindness, they just do them. But that's the message of my very special guest today. Jim White's joining us here today. The book is The World is a Safe Place. It does remind us, it reminds all of us of what truly matters. When we come back, There's an interesting way that Jim talks about purpose. Here's the question for you to ponder while we're gone for a few minutes. If there was no one to tell you who you are, who would you be? Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with the Dr. Pat show. But more importantly, let me make sure that you know you can go to theworldisasafeplace.com website. The world is a com website, and when you get there, you are going to be in awe. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the book, but more importantly, why this question is so important. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
3: Do you suffer from insomnia, body aches, fatigue, brain fog, digestive problems, weight gain, or anxiety? You may be dealing with unmanaged stress. The Stress Detective looks for the hidden messages within your stress and partners with you to create a wellness program to dismantle stress from the inside out. Learn to manage your stress, and you can stop illness in its tracks. Call Susan Tyler at 888-629-4949 or visit StressDetective.net. Are you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. And thank you so much for tuning us in and turning us on every day. For more information about us, you can go to drpatlive.com. That's Pat. Live.com or you can go to the com. The Jim White joining us here today. The World is a Safe Place. It's the book I have in front of me. It's the book that thousands of people have in front of themselves. And here's the bottom line to all of this. You know, the world is a safe place just by saying it. I mean, if you are listening to this, say this with me. The world is a safe place. Just saying that creates an internal shift that perhaps you have not felt in a really long time and if you say it over and over again you'll get a a different feeling but once you open up jim's book you'll get messages in here and questions that that he's asking us to address and some of the questions are for many people scary in themselves the question before the break that i asked that 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 Jim has, has written is if there was no one to tell you who you are who would you be wow you know Jim I've got to ask you have you answered the questions you ask in the book
2: you know actually I think I have you're and uh, it it changes all the time, so let me back up a little bit. I know all the things, uh, that I'm not. And, uh, I remember when I just started remembering, noticing that I was conscious, and I put my finger and my nose in my ears, and I did all, I'm like, what is this? And I set out on a quest to figure out what being a human being was. And, uh, I played football, and I played basketball, and I joined this team, and there were all these things that I saw everybody else doing that I thought I was supposed to do, that I didn't like doing. And uh, there's a lot of pressure out there to be so many things and to do so many things. There was a board up, I remember, and I think it was in first or second grade, and it was about careers. And all the kids were asked to run up to the board and pick out who they wanted to be. And doctors, lawyers, and all these things. I didn't even know what any of these people did. And I was under so much pressure, I picked out to be the fireman. Well, i got to tell you, Pat, I really respect what fire people do, but it's not something I wanted to do. And so I think from moment to moment and um, kind of microsecond to microsecond, I think we're different all the time. But the core person of who I am is the person who sees people who are in need or people who could use assistance or people who just want to be around other people and I go to them or they find me and we talk. Or I help them in other ways. I'm actively involved in preventing homelessness in uh, downtown Los Angeles. And so those kind of things, I'm a person who believes that if the world is going to change, then I'm the one who has to change. And I have to change all the time. So who I am right now might be somebody different when you talk to me the next time next day. But the core values of the goodness inside of myself and what I project will never change.
1: You know, I love what you're talking about because what we don't realize, and that's all of us, all of you listening to the show right now, is that, you know, the the very fact that this moment exists really references uh, a person who, who we can't go back and be. Who we were two minutes ago is very different because what you and I have talked about in some way has changed us. You know, our experience in some way has changed us. And what I wanted to ask you about is, the, you know, the idea in the book when you refer to being alive, because, you see, I think if we were truly alive, that we would recognize that you and I have changed each other in this interaction in some way. There's something that's happened that will never be the same. And this happens with people every day. You talk about this in the book. You see, being alive is about being aware of yourself and demonstrating each moment what you choose to be. For me, I've read that almost ten times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some areas that I get right away, but I had to read this over and over and over again. Some of, some folks have referred to our society right now as dull and, and lackluster and not creative. I don't agree, by the way. Uh, but some people are looking at their lives in different ways i believe people want to feel the complete enthusiasm of being alive but when you wrote this i'd love to hear what your message is for fo- for folks about the whole idea of living life full out about being alive.
2: Well, you, you hit right, the, the hammer or the nail right in the head with sort of the connection and change. So I sort of like to think of it in terms of an ant colony where uh-huh. the ants touch feelers and they move on. And when they touch feelers and antennas, that's a message that gets sent back to the rest of the colony. And I don't think human beings are any different than that at all. Our form of communication and delivery is different. But it's also the same when we shake hands with somebody or we smile or nod or we go through the Internet or Facebook. We have multidimensional ways that we communicate, but we're all communicating. And what happens is, and I don't know if anybody has ever thought about it this way before, but right now in this conversation, you are reading my mind. And I slow down intentionally to speak that way because this is a tape that's playing right now. It's my brain translating signals into words and it's coming through a microphone into your ear and right into your brain. So you're reading my brain, re- reading my mind. And while you're doing that, if I'm projecting that, I want to be extremely conscious about the information that I'm giving you. And I have power, as do you and everyone else on the planet, with that power is choice to give you the information from my brain in any way that I want it to go. And I can give it to you in a good way, or I can shout, or I can swear, or I can have all these ways that I can give information through a lot of study and a lot of uh, analytical reflection back into myself and reading lots of books, I've just decided that every message that comes out of my brain is going to be a nice one, it's going to be a good one, and if it's not going to be, I'm not going to say it, and if I become an animal human being and I can't control what I'm going to say, I'm going to walk away from the room or I'm going to put the phone down, And because I don't want to propagate one more piece of negativity on this planet to the best of my ability, and I think a very well-trained mind is a really wonderful tool for making change.
1: You know, and this is part of what each, each of us gets to do. You know, for you, the journey that you've must have taken to get you here must be very interesting. I mean, many people wonder how, how can I get to be at that place? I mean, how did Jim create this concept? How did he come to this place where he could truly say and believe that the world is a safe place? So we, so we think, Jim, sometimes that someone such as yourself has had to gone through an incredible up and down in life, and I'm curious: is that the case with you, or is this just something that's been part of you?
2: Oh, Pat, it was just so easy; it just appeared overnight. And I'm, I'm being very facetious, <laughs> and teasing you. You know, <laughs> I knew best, you were. The, the best part about uh, being a human being is being a human being, and I, again, have been doing human resources for 20 years, and I've heard stories that we can't even talk about <laughs> on this radio show today. But you know what? One thing I know that we all have in common, that we all have been through it, and the degrees of being through it are based on the individual, whatever that means. And, you know, I've had heartbreak and bone break and motorcycle wrecks, and I've had about nine pretty severe car accidents, about four near death, you know, but besides all of that stuff, you know, I have always been able to see those situations as opportunities. Uh, I've always seen it. Uh, most recently, about five years ago, I was in a pretty bad motorcycle accident. I was dune jumping in Rio de Janeiro and broke my leg in five places in my shoulder. And i got to tell you, I know what it felt to be alive. When you hurt that bad, you sure know what it's like to be alive. And I was pretty much locked up in a hospital in New York for about three weeks. And as you can hear from sort of my energy, I'm a pretty active guy. And to have to lay there and not do anything for three weeks was the best thing that ever happened to me ever. And, uh, people would say to me, Oh my God, you first thing. I'm like, no, this is great. I'm able to stop and I'm able to think and I'm able to not have all the stimulus happening at me all at once. And so again, it's always been a choice for me to be able to look at these things. And, uh, was it learned? Was it intrinsic? You know, it was all, all of the above. It was all the above going back to always being amazed by how the world operates and looking for miracles and everything that I see and if I had to give advice to somebody hearing this right now is I would tell everyone it's a choice it's a choice to be able to think what you want to think and if there is some higher power that's given us a gift and I'm not sure if there is or not but I'll tell you what that 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 gift is free will and that's a that's the free will to be able to look at every situation in the way that you want to do it and respond or not.
1: One of the things you also talk about, Jim, is you talk about angels in the book, and I want to take a minute to talk about that um, for a lot of reasons. I think that angels have, are getting more notoriety these days than they ever have, and you refer to them as diamonds. And I wanted to ask you, uh, that's such a powerful image, and, and what did that mean to you? You know, Have you seen that image, and how have angels played a role in your life?
2: Well, it's an interesting question because I think everyone's an angel. I think that everybody that we see and everybody run into, they're the angel of experience. And they present us in a mosaic, like a broken mirror. And when we're looking in that broken mirror, each facet of the mirror is a piece of ourselves. It's the piece that I like about myself, and it's the piece that I don't like about myself, and it's so complex and so it goes back also to the facets of when you look into a beautiful diamond. Uh, when you look right into it and the light's hitting it just right, you see purple and you see yellow and you see all facets of the rainbow and the color. And I think that's what angels really are, uh, not necessarily the traditional sense of them flying down and swooping down with wings, but when you encounter someone on the street and they make you feel a certain way. Because if it's a certain way that you like, you feel good. If it's a certain way that you don't like, maybe you don't feel so good. But all of those are tuning us, fine-tuning us to stay in the place where we want to be. And if you take it up higher to a global level and you look at it from a sustainability uh, perspective of the earth, um, from global warming and all those kind of things, where do we want to be? Where do we need to be? You know, how is the world going to be? And that's where the collective choice plays in with the individual. I personally, and I bring it back down to me right now, want to live in a world that's green. I like trees. I like grass. I like turtles. I like ducks. I like all these things. So with my individual ability and the power with inside myself, I'm going to do everything that I'm capable of doing. Gonna use my skills and gifts to keep our planet that way. Now, that's a personal choice. I believe that everybody sort of feels that way, but I'm going an to exemplify it, and if people want to join me on that quest to have a green planet, they will. And that's just one example.
1: It really is. I mean, it's, it's kind of putting something in the forefront and understand what the values are that, you know, you associate yourself and your life with, and we all get to do that. The question that I would like to just kind of pose to everyone out here um, is that, you know, in the book, that Jim has, has, has written the world is a safe place. There's, there's a comment or a quote in here and it says, all of life is an illusion, a playground of experience. Create the world in which you wish to live. When we come back from break, Jim and I are going to take you on a journey of how that's possible. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter what you're experiencing in the moment. You have the potentiality. You have the power to create a world which you want to live in. Jim just gave one example of it. When we come back, we'll be talking about what this book really means, why this can be more than just a thought why this can be a way of life why this can be an experience let's take a short break when we come back we'll be back with the dr pat show my very special guest jim white and again go to the website the world fabulous website very intriguing for me you'll have to go there to find out what i'm looking at but when you do take the experience we'll be right back remember what's your illusion we'll be right back with the show
4: How would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality,
3: Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit Macaroot.com. That's M-A-C-A, Root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
4: Living your life to the max means that you can have everything you want. Empowerment Psychic, Linda Dickinson can show you where you're headed and teach you how to change your future. Linda will share with you the messages of those who have passed before you. For a private session, visit InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096. Listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show. Call in and hear how you can be the producer, director, and lead in your life. Today is the day to start living your life to the max.
0: Welcome back to The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. My very special guest, Jim White. And you know, let me just tell you a little bit about Jim. This is, this is an amazing man. And this is, this is really just a little bit I want to share with you. I mean, he and I are getting to talk about, uh, the first of a trilogy, the, the book that I keep referring to, The World is a Safe Place. And, and we often wonder, how do we get to the places that we end up with sometimes. But here he is from a really small town in Iowa. He is a forward-thinking global citizen. He is a businessman. He's he's lived and worked in 22 countries during his career in the entertainment industry. And after working as a senior exec, as we like to call them, high-profile companies like Blockbuster Video, Universal Music Group, and now currently VP at Paramount Studios, you know, he has taken a different look at life. You know, he has a keen eye for looking at what is real and what is good. And this is the conversation today. It's not just about Jim, but he believes and hopes that millions of others will do the same. What I love about what he's done is he's given us a platform, an example. One of the things I learned along the way is this idea of vicarious learning. And that is you watch others and you learn. And today, and through Jim and what his message is, we get to watch, we get to learn, but we get to create. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here today. I wanted to ask you about the quote in the book, all of life is an illusion, a playground of experience. Create the world and wish you which to live. Wish to live. I love that. And I want to ask you, what have you found in your life that has helped you create this masterpiece that we call Jim White.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, it's interesting about illusions and how one can perceive the world. Uh, Being in the entertainment industry, I always found it fascinating that people went outside themselves to be entertained. Uh, If you look at box office numbers for uh, theatrical releases, it's huge. So people will go and watch a movie and sit down and be entertained, and then they'll step back out of their lives. I've always sort of looked at my life as a living movie, and uh, I'm an acting character in it at any time I want to be, and sometimes it's dramatic, and sometimes it's comedy, and sometimes it's anything adventure or sci-fi or those kind of things. When you start to look at your life um, as that opportunity, you can step into it and be totally engaged. So you can go right into a situation where you feel anger and you feel fear, but it, If you pull yourself back and watch yourself acting through your life, it also becomes a learning experience. So you can see what's happening from another perspective of it. And so the quote about living with the illusions instead of in the illusions is a powerful thought process. And I would never want to lose the experience of being a human being and having the emotions that go with that, the adrenaline, the excitement of that. But I also think that if you get so engaged in a situation, you're unable to help it. Let me give you an example. Uh, one of my favorite friends of all time that I read a lot is a guy named Albert Einstein. Uh, you might know him, and he uh, had a wonderful quote that a problem can't be solved within the same frame of mind in which it was created. So you're probably familiar with that. Absolutely. And, and I think when we get, I
1: love from, that quote. By I way. love that
2: quote. It's such an amazing thing. And uh, you know, being, being a business person, I'll be sitting in a meeting sometimes, and I'll see everyone arguing and fighting, and I'll step back. And I'll pull everybody out of the room and go, we need to go have an ice cream. And they look at me like I just had done something, uh, like smoked something or taken something. And I'm like, you're, Here's you're
1: funny. We, you're just funny. Need,
2: we need to remove ourselves from this situation because I it's, love that. it's not getting solved. And I think you know this too. If you throw the same solution at the same problem, you get the same outcome. It's not solved. And so one of the great things that I've learned to do is ask a child. Uh, somebody who's not contaminated by all the things that us adults sometimes get put into our head and just go to somebody. Um, I also, I'm telling you, everyone here on the, on the radio a little bit of a secret, too. Sometimes when I'm really caught up in my head, I'll just ask a stranger. I'll walk right up and say, can I speak to you for a minute? And if they don't run away, they'll stop and say, sure, what do you want? And I'll say, I kind of got this going on and, you know, what do you think? And it's easy for somebody who's not caught up in your drama to be able to go, well, you should just do this. It's easy. And so... I write in the book, too, about reading the world like a book. Right now, you and I, Pat, we're going through perhaps a sentence in our life or maybe a small paragraph. And maybe if you've a long-term relationship with somebody, you're going through pages of your life. And maybe your whole entire life is a whole novel. But if you look at everything that you see in the world and you read it and you learn from it, then it becomes another amazing place. It's like we were talking about earlier in terms of looking for miracles. Look for information. And look for people that you respect and you take away the qualities from what they do into yourself. Look at people that maybe you're not so happy with and decide for yourself those are things that you never want to do in your life. That person over there, I really respect their consciousness, what they're doing, but I really never really want to be like that. And so we build ourselves into sort of a franken Jim and a franken-pat with pieces of the world all inside of ourselves. And going back to the concept of the faceted diamond, we have all these colors inside of ourselves that we can bring and build ourselves.
1: You know, also you refer to along these same lines, Jim, you know, you talk about the fact that we choose people um, that we connect with in this lifetime for certain reasons. You actually go on, I believe, to talk about your parents and in, in the fact that you believe that you actually did decide at some point before getting here that, you know, you picked these folks. Why is that important is for all of us to understand in the context of creating our own lives?
2: Well, I think it's important. My mother and I, actually, she's 77 and she's a gem. My father passed away uh, about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm so fortunate to be able to have these types of conversations with my mother. And we kid each other who picked who. <laughs> like, did I pick you or did you pick me and all these kind of things? And I think it's a setup, and I mean that in a positive way. I think that our experience needs to be set up to lead us through a certain pathway. And then what we do after that at whatever stage of consciousness where we evolve is our own free will. Our parents are sort of catapulting us out. I don't know if you saw a movie called Failure to Launch, and it was about somebody who couldn't get yes, out away from their parents. Yeah. And, um I also think of that sort of as an analogy for just our lives. A lot of people choose to blame their parents for the way they are um I never did that and my parents were doing the best that they could do in their situation and what happened and you know they really really worked really really hard to give my brother I have an older brother everything that they could to support us but I never wanted to become my parents and uh so when I felt those traits of the imprinting that um, I had from either my mom or my dad I would stop that and pull that away because my mother taught me she was raised very very religious uh, she was raised catholic and when she'd start to discipline my brother and I she'd stop herself and it was really kind of odd we thought she was crazy and she would stop herself and she said I am not going to guilt you and we didn't even know what guilt meant and so later on I kind of understand now that she was very in control of her will to not impose things that she didn't want passed down through us and I think that goes back to our conversation about controlling her consciousness and what I'm saying to you right now and you're reading my mind I'm going to limit the things that I say that I think would be damaging to the world
1: you know, this is really kind of part of you and I having this conversation, reaching out to so many people, you know, they really want something different, Jim. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I remember some of the times in my life, and I, and, and I wonder if you could take this little journey with me for a sure. minute, you know, where I thought, wow, this is like so painful. I'm never going to get out of this. And then I get out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You always do miraculously. that. Miraculously. And,
2: and, you know, the, the great thing about it is we are a walking time machine, and so we can go in the past really easy. In a microsecond, I could take you right now to a time in history, uh, the, the recent presidential inauguration. Did you see it on television with Obama? Probably. Here well, we I go. Take you to the past. Well, I can take you to the future. Um, it's 5 p.m. My day's over and I'm in my car. And when you use that, sort of, not living in the past, but having the presence to be able to go into the future, you can actually move through unpleasant situations. Like, I can't wait for Friday to come and my work (laughs) day is over, so I'm already going to go there and I know what I'm doing this weekend and I can start my pre-planning of what I'm going to do. And guess what? Time will catch up to me, and pretty soon it'll be Friday. i got to tell you, Pat, I woke up one day, and I'm 48 years old. I don't know what happened. I just thought one day I was playing with my ball in the garden, and boom, here I am. And uh, to continue on that thought, I speak to my mother again, who's 77, and she tells me, she's like, I don't know what happened, but here I am. I'm 77, and it's here in a heartbeat and in a blink. So... It's the amazing thing about consciousness when you start to really have fun with it and enjoy it. You can live anywhere you want to. We're human time machines.
1: Well, I love what you're talking about because we, those, are, those are kind of aha moments when we realize, my gosh, here I am. Because I think for some people, they go through their lives and they don't realize that they really are here. I mean, it's almost as if as I'm in a body that somebody else, of a life that somebody else is living. But I think what you're talking about, especially uh, in the stories that you tell, is we get to name and claim our lives now. Right. You, you know, if we have not done that before, we really get to take it back.
2: It's true. There was a, There's another movie that was out, and obviously I'm in mean, the entertainment business, so I refer to movies. And,
1: and, and, and obviously I go to a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: it, it was called Click, and it was about having a remote control where you oh, could yes. fast, fast forward through your life. Did you see that one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Adam great. Sandler.
2: Great, yeah, Adam Sandler. It was a great concept because he fast forwarded through all the bad parts of his life, and then he got to the end of it and he realized he missed out on all the meat, he missed out on all the robustness, he missed out on all the learning, he missed out on all where the depth of things really occur. And again, you know, if we were happy all the time, how would you know it? And uh, so... Again, I, degree, I believe there are degrees of happiness and I'm on a path to figure out how high you can go with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape right now, but uh, I keep turning up the, the knob on the oven to get hotter and hotter in terms of being happy. And I also believe as my energy inside of myself grows and my consciousness gets stronger, I exude that to other people. And I give that gift. People think that our eyes are just for receiving and bringing energy in and light to be able to make images. They're also projectors. I'll give you another little secret. I've given away two today. Whenever I see a newborn baby or a young infant, I look down and I know that they're just receptors for love. And I just look straight into their eyes and I think the world's a safe place and you're going to have a wonderful life and all your dreams are going to come true. And it's amazing. I think it in a very soft, pleasant way, not in a forceful way to the young child. And they just glow. They just smile. <laughs> and, uh, it's interesting. Try it sometime. Everybody who's listening, you know, don't freak out the parents of the baby <laughs> that's being held, but I'll put a disclaimer on it, but just try that and watch what happens, and there'll be a gentleness, and there'll be a warmth, and there'll be a receptivity of that, because the opposite of that, if it, it we'll move away from the children for a minute, is when you look at someone with disdain, or if you look at someone with anger, you're actually putting that energy out on that person. Uh, in our last sort of uh, political regime, when there was a lot of angst going on about decisions being made, I I would look at the newspaper and see the leader and look at him and say, I so don't agree with what you're doing right now, but I wish you well, and I hope you make great decisions for this country and all the people here, because you're in such a place of power, I don't want to think bad things about you.
1: I love what you just said. You know, I love it. And, you know, part of this is understanding how we can be in this place of decision and empowerment and still be grateful and still praise and raise people around us let's take a short break when we come back we'll be talking with jim about what you are what you think really wow when we come back i you know i grew up with you are what you eat but i love this one better stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pat show everyone
5: Are you tired of being overweight and nothing you try can get you to lose the weight and keep it off? What if there was a way to lose the weight that didn't involve dieting, buying other people's food, counting points, or having risky surgery? I'm Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis to share some successes from people just like you. Janine Crosby lost 89 pounds in 10 months. Brenda Eckel lost 75 pounds and went from a size 22 to a size 8. She is completely free from her insulin for diabetes. Becky Miller lost 65 pounds and went from a size 18 to a 6. Bill Birdsong lost 105 pounds and a total of 14 inches off his waist. His pant size went from a 50 to a 36. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888 311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio 2 Thrive By. As I said before, if you want to find out more information about us, then go ahead and go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com. And for those of you that are listening to the show, and I know how this is for you, many of you listen during work, you can't call in, you've already told me that, and you've asked me to present another way for you to receive copies of books, here's the way that we're doing it now. If you all would love to receive a copy of Jim's book, we would like to give five of these away all you need to do right now is zip me either an instant message or an email at info, I-N-F Frank O, at com T-H-E-D-R, com. And what we'll do is pick five folks and make sure we give you a copy of this incredible book, The World is a Safe Place. Um, Jim, thank you for joining us here today. I wanted to make sure that folks had information on on you, and I've been sending folks to the website theworldisasesaphace dot com. Um, tell us a little bit about you, the journey for you, uh, and what I mean by that is, before break, I said you are what you think. Did you? Silly question. You had to think that you would be someone at some point in time taking a message like this out. But do you find that perhaps the way you thought about it was a bit different than the way it showed up? I know that's been my experience.
2: It's interesting. You know, if, if you read in the book, uh, when I was a little boy, I tell the story of being restless and having to lay down and take a nap with my mother, which I never really wanted to do. Um, and she was always resting because she worked very, very hard. And uh as I was laying in this sort of dreamlike state or whatever, I write in the book about this image that appeared in my mind, I, I call it now in terms of speaking like this, communication and something went inside my head and it felt warm and light and I didn't know if I was dreaming or what I was and then I went on to be a, a, a little boy and I went on to grow up and move through things and uh, I believe in a concept called the emergence effect. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, the example would be that microwave ovens were always around, even during the time of the dinosaurs. It just wasn't time for them to come out yet. All the materials were there, um, all the natural resources were there, but we just didn't know how to build them. And so the concept of the emergence effect is that when it's time for an idea to ring out, there's no stopping it. It's going to come out and it's going to be big and it's going to come alive. And so with inside of myself, as I grew and experienced life, this thing inside of myself, this thought, this energy, which I was demonstrating all the time by being a good guy, um, came out, and then it just propagated into words. It came out, and it said, the world is a safe place, and I wrote it down, and I looked at it, and I thought, well, that's weird, and I thought, no, it's not, and then I went into a dialogue with myself, and it's sort of funny when you say this to folks, the world is a safe place, um, people will do one of two things. One, they'll kind of pause and look stunned, or they'll immediately say, no, it's not. And then what I do, instead of trying to force a concept onto somebody else, because I think that's how wars start, and I'm not a war maker, I look at them and I say, why do you think it isn't? And then they'll look kind of puzzled and, and kind of processed a little bit, and we get in a really healthy dialogue about why people think the world isn't a safe place and why people think, think things are wrong. And then we get into a conversation about change. And then I ask, how could it be? And then we change the whole direction from it's not to how could it be. And then what starts to happen is when you have hope and you believe that things can be done, the emergence effect just takes over and it makes things start to happen. And back to the miracles and back to things appearing. And things just come very, very easily. And then all of a sudden they're here and it becomes a reality. And that's what I always believe. There's a there's a concept called believe, uh, begin with the end in mind. And I'm already seeing the end of the story in everything that I do. I see the world as a safe place and then I look back and go "Oh well gosh there's some wars going on there's diseases and other. we need to fix those before we can get there and human beings are smart as mentioned earlier we got a space shuttle uh, floating up in the space right now we have a International Space Station that's pretty complicated consciousness at work so if we can do all those things we've already laid the groundwork knowing that we can get there with all these other things that need to be fixed Uh, And I believe that's happening. We're in the natural disasters we've seen recently with Haiti and Chile. We've seen an outpouring of energy of people who want to help other people. When we start to apply that same energy to the other problems that are on this planet, disease, war, poverty, then those things can be fixed as well. And you see what I've just walked you through as a process to push hope forward and to create change.
1: It is a process that you've just taken us through, but more importantly, for me, it's a journey listening to you because I really can't help, and I couldn't help as I was listening to you, Jim, I couldn't help think about some of the the folks that I've recently just had in my life that have created what we would say miraculous, miraculous uh, events and miraculous things. I mean, very, very quickly, you know, a company in the United States that can convert air to purified water to relieve uh, the Haiti problem in a nanosecond. I mean, it's amazing. And the book that you've written, the conversation you and I have just had, um, everyone listening to this, as I said earlier, will be changed forever. And in the journey that you're on in this path that you've decided to take, there must be more to the puzzle, so to speak. So, where do you see yourself? Where do you see this message going a year from now, two years from now?
2: I see them, and it's a puzzle that'll never be put together. And that's the beauty of life, Doctor Pat. You know, it's just as right when you think you have it figured out, something else changes, and it's great. I couldn't wait till I hit my uh, forty years old because I thought someone was going to hand me the book that told <laughs> me of all the secrets of life and how it worked. And then I realized nobody has that book. And if somebody tells you this is the way it's done and that's the only way it can be, you better run a mile from that. So, you know, to be, to be really quite honest with you, I don't know where it's going to go, but I love every minute of it. Uh, this was a self-published book and I, I could have gone to a publishing company and put it out there, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to see what happened as I started to do shows and to talk to people and put cards out and do all these things that I've done to uh, put the message out there and it's just amazing to see how it's all starting to come back to me. So, I'm not sure what it is, but I can tell you what I know the core of what it will be. Uh, it's going to be remarkable and it's going to create dialogue and thoughtfulness and conversations and anger and people not agreeing and all the things that human beings do best.
1: I love it. Thank you, Jim, for joining us here today. Folks, Jim White, my very special guest and also the author of The World Is a Safe Place. Uh you can go to the website and it will take you on a journey uh all, you know, all by itself and that is the worldisasafeplace.com. The world is a safe Jim, thank you so much for joining thank us you today. So much. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on here on The Dr. Pat Show. And if you want to find out more about us, go to www.thedrpatshow.com. And remember, you are absolutely amazing. Everything about you is, everything about what you say is, and you are in this place, as Jim White has talked about, a safe place, the world. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. i and I
0: can't be seen Tides that I tried to swim up